Hey sis, so last week I shared with you all about the power of releasing your testimony and this week I'm sharing mine. And if you've got kiddos around, this is not a kid-friendly episode. I want to let you know right now so you can go in the other room or put some headphones on. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Sisters of Christ podcast. I'm Jeanette Bordeaux, your host. This is the podcast where you can come and have your faith stirred up and be encouraged by sisters like me and other amazing women that we have on the show who share advice and testimonies. Our hope is that you leave here more on fire for Jesus than you were before. Now get ready to be encouraged with today's episode. My testimony starts on a soccer field in Hot Springs, Arkansas, where I grew up. You know, I was maybe in fifth grade at the time, playing for the YMCA soccer team, and we had practice every week. And so I'm on this soccer field. I don't know how old I am. I don't, I think I'm maybe in fifth grade or something. I grew up playing soccer. My dad was uh, from, he is from France. (laughs) My dad is from France, and he... Um, taught me how to play soccer at a really young age. And so I grew up playing in YMCA. I'm in high school. So we'd have practice and then we have games on Saturday. So after practice, I'm waiting for my mom and she's not there to pick me up. Usually, you know, she'd drop me off and come back and pick me up. And I just remember standing there waiting, you know, it felt like 30 minutes to an hour. And this is where, you know, a wound started to occur in me, you know, not knowing where my mom was, um, just standing there alone, um, all of my, you know, other teammates like leaving with their parents and I'm just standing there like, where's my parents? And there were other, you know, soccer practices going on after ours. So it wasn't like, you know, completely empty or anything like that. Other people were there, but I just remember in those 30 minutes, 20 minutes and however long it was, I just remember sitting there and like, staring at the road like where you could see someone kind of enter into the soccer field parking lot and getting to the soccer fields and I just stared at it the whole time and I was like is she okay like did she get in a car wreck like what if she doesn't come like all these like crazy fearful thoughts and I just remember I was crying and I wasn't trying to be obvious with my crying. So I was just, just standing there and I just stood against this. There was like this sign at the park and I just stood against there and I just got so sad. Like I was like, what if she doesn't come back? What if something happened? You know, just having this fear, this insecurity of like wondering if my mom's going to come back. And so she ends up coming back and she gets, you know, I get in the car and she's like, Hey, like, sorry, I'm like, I don't even remember, you know? And I was just like (laughs) dramatized, you know, on such a, something so small. And there are a few other things that, you know, lies and moments like that, that I let into my heart from this incident, from this wound that I allowed the enemy to speak into me then and for the rest of my life. Even though, you know, my parents were great. They've been married for 33 years now. Um, They took care of us all of our needs were met, extras were done, vacations, like the whole thing. Amazing parents who love the Lord, even though there were all these other signs of how they loved me unconditionally and how they cared for me unconditionally. My heart was set on this one moment that had happened. This one wound basically became the filter of how I experienced, you know, life from now on, this filter 
of I'm rejected, I'm not worthy, all these different things. And there was other instances that added to that, that just added to the fire, that just added to the lie. And at this point in my life, you know, I know about Jesus, but I'm in fifth grade. So I don't know anything about the devil. I don't know anything about my identity, have no clue about my identity, zero clue about my identity. I definitely um, don't know scripture. So I'm basically, you know, ready to be attacked. (laughs) I am totally ready to be attacked. So yeah, that was the lie that really, you know, happened early on in my childhood that would spiral into so many unhealthy ways of living, unholy ways of living. I remember in like middle school and high school, like always trying to fit in and be anyone like but myself, even from like a very, very young age, like trying to buy the same shoes everyone was buying, trying to be friends with people who I thought, you know, seemed popular, doing the things that they like to do. Um, drinking at the age of 14, smoking weed at the age of 16, and then trying all the party drugs throughout that, you know, high school, college period of my life. So I was denying who I was because I believed like this subconscious lie that who I was was worthless. And you guys are probably like, okay, girl, you're a little cray. (laughs) But Jesus is the redeemer. And that's what this testimony is all about. So The cycle continues, you know, constantly rejecting love out of, you know, low self-worth, improper understanding of self-image, just bad self-image, low self-worth, and seeking fulfillment in all the ways from, you know, drugs to premarital sex to partying, all the unfilling, unfruitful lifestyle um, that I was living. So, So it starts in middle school, you know, goes on to high school, and then high school, is where I started to clean up a little bit as far as like the partying and everything, you know, I'm about to graduate. I'm thinking about college. At least I still had those, you know, thoughts in my mind. And I remember there was this ran- this random party, um, that I actually gotten a fight with uh, a girl there and they were accusing me of something I didn't do. And she straight up punched me in the face. <laughs> so, um, then it was awful, but I remember in that moment or even after the fact, I was like, wow, like these people who I'm partying with don't care at all about me or my well being. Cause you know, we're at a party, there's lots of people there that I see often because I party and I'm in high school and it's all the same people. It's a small town and none of them, you know, were standing up for me or sticking up for me or protecting me. And I just like saw so clearly how fake and how surface level and how unreal these people were um, to my life. And so that was really the moment that I got away from, you know, the, the partying in high school, a lot of the drug use and all that stuff. And so it really pulled me back to, you know, my, some original friends who, you know, yeah, they partied, but they weren't, you know, doing drugs and they weren't smoking weed and they weren't doing, they weren't going to that next level. Um, so God really even preserved me, you know, then, and that group, you know, went on to do other, you know, drugs, like harder drugs, like meth and like stuff like that. And it's very sad. Um, a lot of them got addicted. So God, I just see the hand of God just preserving me. Um, even in that moment. So he's so good. 
So this un, you know, unfulfilling, unfruitful lifestyle uh, continues into college, even though he had straightened me up and I, you know, got on track with, you know, going to school, going to university. Like I wasn't completely just, you know, letting my life go. And so I go into college and that's where I had my breakdown. So just to paint the picture of where I was at the time of this breakdown. So I'd been in college in almost four years. I had to do an extra semester to graduate because, I mean, I think it's obvious. <laughs> I just <laughs> listed out a few reasons why. So it's the summer before that last semester I'm going to graduate. So I'm like super excited. Um, at the time, I'm working uh, two jobs, um, both for the university, you know, looks great on paper. Like I worked as a video producer for student affairs. I worked as a video producer for the volunteer action center. Like, you know, just looks so good on paper. And then I was also going to school full time and I was also volunteering. So I was very involved, even though, you know, the partying and, um, the drug use and all that stuff definitely decreased a lot. I had just exchanged my source of fulfillment and acceptance from, you know, unhealthy habits to socially acceptable, to achieving, to work. I was a total workaholic. I loved achieving. I wanted to be the best at everything. That was me. I also, at this point in my life, I hadn't cried in over a year. Newsflash, that's not healthy. (laughs) Emotions are healthy. You know, I hadn't felt emotions. I wasn't feeling, allowing myself to feel emotions. I would often, you know, when I got angry or upset, I would just stuff it in. And literally I could feel my emotions be sucked back into my body physically. Like that's how much I was doing that. And yeah, I was an achiever, you know, overachiever, over worker, workaholic during the week. And for basically any project. And then I would, you know, go and get blackout at parties on the weekend. That's was how I was living my life. Just so emotionally unhealthy, mentally unhealthy. So that's where I was at the time before my breakdown happened. So like I said, I'm in the summer semester before I graduate. And at the time I was dating a guy who lived in Norway. Long story, but I basically had met him in London. I got to do some traveling when I was in college, which was amazing. But Um, So I made this guy in London, we're dating, I'm going to Norway um, for, I think, three weeks in the summer. So I go to Norway, and it's basically the week after I take finals, uh, my last finals. So I was like, cool, I'm done with finals, let's go to Norway, like, immediately. So I, you know, go to Norway and meet my then boyfriend. We decide to go on a camping trip in the middle of nowhere on the North Sea. There's fjords, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, all the things. And so we get out there and, you know, have no cell phone. It's completely quiet. There's like maybe three or four people in the campsite around us. It's silent. And we set up the tent, you know, he's got, he's got everything, we got the whole thing prepared. And then at sunset, we decide, let's go grab a bottle of wine and let's sit by the water and just like watch the sunset. So we do that. And as we're sitting out there, he started to walk over to the water and I'm looking at him. And then all of a sudden, everything just goes dark. 
like black, like literally everything around me. I couldn't breathe. I didn't know what was going on. I physically was like, I can't even move my body. Just this sheer like anxiety and terror and a cloud over my mind happened all in this moment. And it was terrifying. Um, this was one of the scariest experiences I've ever had in my life. And cause I didn't know what was going on. Like not only is I'm like having all these terrible emotions happening, but I, yeah, I was totally freaked out and I don't say anything to him about what's going on. I don't even know what's going on. Like, I don't really remember walking back to the tent after that. It was all just kind of blurry, like a big blur. And I think I, I don't, I honestly, yeah, it was such a crazy experience that I barely remember. Like, Hey, I think I just said, I want to go to sleep. And so we're in this tent together and he's like, you know, sleeping next to me and I am awake the entire night. I don't sleep at all that night. My eyes are wide open. I am so freaked out um, by how I'm feeling. I feel this just wave of constant anxiety that I can't get away from. And it was so scary. And all the while, like I'm awake, I just keep um, like in my mind, I just keep hearing kill yourself, like kill yourself. And, you know, there was a knife, um, like a a camping knife outside of the tent that we had used to like, you know, set up the tent and everything, the string. I just, yeah, I just remember thinking, oh, I need, you know, grab the knife, stat, like kill yourself. And it was so demonic. It was so evil. It was so awful. Um, again, at this point in my life, I don't know anything about, the enemy. I don't know anything about, um, you know, spiritual warfare. I don't know anything about the like Bible. I don't know any Bible scriptures. I don't even think to pray. I'm just like that freaked out. And so he woke up the next day and I tried to act like everything okay was okay. But I think he even started to realize that when I would start saying stuff like, I don't like deserve you, like you deserve better. Like all these like kind of very negative things, And I felt extreme depression. You know, at the time I had no idea what I was feeling. It felt like I wasn't even like consciously mentally there. It was just a cloud over my mind. That's how I can, you know, best describe it. After another day of being there, we go into the woods of like isolation. And, you know, that was a big trigger for me. I just, I just started feeling all the anxiety and I was like, Hey, we need to go back to the city. Like, I don't think it's good for me. I haven't talked to my friends in a long time. Like I'm just feeling really weird. So that's basically how I had described it to him. We go back to his parents' house, um, to visit them for a few days. And I call my mom and I'm telling her I'm freaking out. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like something's wrong with me. She's like asking me all the questions. Like, are you pregnant? Have you slept? You know, the, the very mom questions. Um, And I was like, no, I'm not okay. And so we looked at flights and it was just like ridiculously expensive for me to go back early. So I ended up staying there for another week, which I honestly have no idea how I did that. I remember we would be sitting with his family like at dinner and I had to excuse myself to the bathroom because I was having such an intense like panic attack. I couldn't breathe. Like I felt like I was going to pass out and I just was like oh my god like I just was so freaked out and I just wanted to get back home immediately so I go back to the U.S. and I start seeing a counselor and I I remember the first time we met and I said I think I'm going crazy like I that's literally legit what I thought I didn't know anything about depression anxiety mental health like nothing and 
I told her, you know, what had happened and all this stuff. And she was like, you know, I don't think you're going crazy. I think you're depressed. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, depressed. I was like, I am not depressed. I was just in this total denial of the reality of, you know, my emotional state, my mental state of depression, anxiety, you know, I was putting down and shoving and stuffing my emotions for so long. I didn't know how to be emotionally healthy. You know, I didn't even know that existed. I thought that the way I was living was the only way. And it wasn't until I found Jesus, the real way, the real truth, the real life was when I was totally, you know, broken free from all of this. And the breakdown in Norway, it was no surprise that that happened there because it was the first time in a long, in years, years that I had slowed down, that I had taken a second to not be busy, no distractions, no, you know, profusely drinking or, you know, taking substances or anything like that. It was the first time in years And all of those feelings, all of those emotions just sank in right then and there. Years of pain, years of lies, years of junk. You know, when I was going to counseling at the university, um, because I would see a university counselor, I was so ashamed and I didn't want to tell anyone because I still had this idea that there was something wrong with it and that I would expose like something was wrong with me and I could just couldn't have that like I was like no I'm not gonna do that so there was a like a health center on campus and it was two store two stories and I would sit on the bottom floor so no one knew that I was waiting to go see a mental health counselor like how insane is that that's how much shame I had about it like I just thought like everyone would think I was crazy and look at me differently and like not again like not accept me I was going after that acceptance so I never told anyone about the counseling until I think I was 24 um yeah I don't I don't think I told anyone but except for like my mom duh but even after the counseling, you know, I graduated and by the grace of God, I got a full-time job. Like, thankfully, that was a semester that, you know, I had already finished most of my classes. I didn't have a lot of classes left. So grace of God again in my life. But I also had to apply for jobs and honestly, like doing anything more than school and work at the time was so hard. Like I couldn't, emotionally, I was just so weighted with emotions that it was so difficult but again like God's faithfulness like the week before I graduated I got a call from a master's student who who had been a tenant who had been a TA in one of my broadcast classes so I studied broadcast journalism and she offered me um, to come interview at this marketing agency for video production. And I ended up getting the job. So praise God <laughs> for that. Praise, praise, praise him. Because I could have not done that without him. Like everything good comes from God. And that was absolutely from God. So yeah. And so I stayed in Arkansas and I worked. And for a year and a half after that, I struggled with, you know, suicidal thoughts. And I couldn't even, you know, after that Norway experience, I couldn't even look at like knives in the kitchen. Like it was just so, just all these intense emotions would occur and I would just freak me out. And every time that they would come, 
like the suicidal thoughts like I didn't want to obviously do that to myself but it was just like this anxiety and like overwhelm emotions that would come in and also dealing with depression like every time they would come you know I hadn't really considered it seriously I just wanted the the thoughts to end like I just wanted them to go away so badly and I remember just wondering when will this ever end will this ever end and it was so scary um it was so scary so and I just remember even one time where these thoughts were like really hard on my like mind and I was feeling so much anxiety having like panic attacks and stuff and I just remember hearing this still small voice say no and now I know like that was the voice of God like that was God in my life even though I didn't even acknowledge him at the time Whew! praise Jesus for praying mamas amen oh my gosh yeah and even you know in this time like God was so good to me like even you know after a year after that um, God had put someone in my life who really showed me what it was like to be loved and to be unconditionally accepted. Um, even though he didn't know the Lord, just his heart was so beautiful and he just treated me really, really well and allowed me to be myself and really uplifted me and encouraged me. Um, so yeah. And God, again, it's like, even though I wasn't meant to be like with that person, that wasn't God's person. God provided him at a time where, you know, he really helped me just have hope again. He instilled, I could just cry. And that's just seriously just the, you know, I'm just really overwhelmed by his love right now. (laughs) That's what's happening. Um, like how much, like, even though I wasn't, you know, following him or even having like a godly like relationship, like how much, he loves me, you know, he loved me to put someone in my life that cared for me like that, like he used him, (laughs) you know, how amazing is God, wow, thank you, Jesus, and so that really, that relationship really helped me get out of, you know, really heal from depression and anxiety it helped me see the light again even though it wasn't even close to the true light you know and I you know I ended up moving to Chicago and that's where I was um you know I I started working for a different marketing agency there because I was I was like I need something new I had a best friend who's living in Chicago and she's like, you should come move here. And so I did. <laughs> and I worked there for another marketing agency. And um, then I that's where I decided, oh, I want to have my own business. I want to do my own thing. And so the achievement um, kind of sprang up again, right? Like this achievement, um, acceptance. So I started building my brand online. I started a social, uh, media marketing agency and I quit my job. Um, and all at the same time while I was quitting my job, uh, me and that, you know, amazing person who got brought into my life at that time, uh, we ended up breaking up. He broke up with me actually. <laughs> he broke up with me. I was devastated. I was like ready to go get married to this guy, but God. So again, he preserved like my plan, his plans for my life and doing that. So I just want to encourage you, like anything that you've seen is like rejection is like such God's preservation. Like you can hear all these things, like points in my story that seem so, 
you know, at the time I experienced is so devastating, but it was really just God directing me and God inviting me into something different, even though I was so blind and didn't see it. When I started, you know, my own business, I really got into the entrepreneur space and personal development. And that's where my mind shift started to change a lot. I started, you know, reading personal development books, listening to personal development people, and I really started to get my life together um, a lot more than I had ever had before. My mental health, my emotional health, really seeing things and what happened in a different lens. Um, it was just so, yeah, it was powerful, but I would still feel, you know, even though the, you know, suicidal thoughts had stopped and depression wasn't always there, I would still feel this like weight on me a lot of the time. After two years in um, Chicago and, you know, moving back home and uh, for three months and quitting a job and losing this relationship, you know, in that three month time being at home, I was really getting into meditation. So I started meditating like 30 minutes to like an hour a day during this time, <laughs> like literally 30 minutes to an hour. And this is when I started to hear the voice of God before I knew I was hearing the voice of God. So I, in the still, you know, quiet place, uh, meditation, I heard his voice speak to me about sharing my testimony, about starting a podcast, about, you know, um, talking about mental health, like all these things. And I was like, whoa, like this is God. I started going to a church like um, locally called the lake point so shout out if anyone knows where that church is probably not hot springs arkansas but and that was when i started to you know acknowledge god again and i was like wow and after three months of living at home my best friend at the time calls me up you know convinces me to move to new york city where she was living and now making you know decent money i decided to go for it and so when i moved to new york I, you know, I got there and I was like, okay, like I'm going to look for a church. And so I Googled modern Christian churches because <laughs> I had no else, uh, like idea what to look for. I just knew I still wanted something modern, not old school. And so I found one 20 minute walk from where I lived in Brooklyn at the time. So I lived in Bushwick and I started going, you know, on the occasional Sunday, the people were so sweet, so nice. It's called, it was called Vine Church NYC. It was a brand new church plant filled with Brazilians from Florida. You know, it was maybe 30 people and I loved it. And so I started going, you know, occasionally on Sunday to every Sunday and every Sunday turned into um, going to a community group every week. And then all of my friends becoming Christian. And I was like, wait, I'm one of them. This is so weird. <laughs> um, and God really did, started to show me how I wasn't separated from them that, you know, this is, this was my new life. And I, you know, it was attending regularly. I knew everyone. And it wasn't until I took this three month spiritual maturity course. Whew girl talk about acceleration so i took this three month spiritual maturity course where basically we would meet at the church three hours every week and they would teach about the finished work and jesus and the gospel and i got freaking wrecked that's where i fell in love with jesus and got and that was just the beginning like oh i'm still falling in love but that was the very beginning like flirt flirting with jesus what i like to call that <laughs> And I was so, I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew that this was like it. This is exactly what, who I want. I want him. Like, he's amazing. Like, I remember like I'm um, reading 
a Romans, he's like, he died for us while we were still sinners. And I couldn't believe it. Like that just captivated my heart. And so, yeah, I decided I was like, I'm ready to get baptized. I'm ready to do this thing. Like I know I'm not going back. Like I'm not, you know, I didn't even know what backsliding meant then. Like I had no idea, (laughs) but in my heart, I was basically like, I'm not backsliding no more. This is everything to me now. Like I, I want all this. And, and you know, everything in my life started to change. Like what I was posting on social media, what I was saying, the words I used, um, I quit drinking completely. And it was just, it was just so, it was the Lord. It was the spirit of God. And so I got baptized and then I started leading a community group. So right before I got baptized, I'd actually started this relationship with this guy and, you know, he didn't know Jesus and I didn't know anything about anything. So I was dating him. As we were dating, you know, I had just gotten baptized. Like, I'm like growing in the Lord. I'm spending all this time with Jesus every day. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I want to know more about you. Like, he just totally captivated me. So through our whole relationship, we dated about 10 months. I was falling more and more in love with Jesus. I was in this relationship with someone who wasn't a believer. And we also had premarital sex. And so I hadn't known a relationship that didn't involve that or know why you know, Christians waited at this time. Like I was so new. I was so hungry for the Lord, but didn't know anything about anything. So I was learning a lot. No one ever told me, you know, Hey, you and your boyfriend should break up and you should stop, you know, having premarital sex. (laughs) There literally was a spirit of God prompting on my heart where I just felt so convicted where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I don't want to do this anymore. And So yeah, we basically stopped doing, like I, you know, went to him, told him everything. Uh, It wasn't the smoothest conversation, but we ended up breaking up. You know, I was really sad about the breakup, like really devastated because I really cared for this person. But God just took me on such a journey and he healed it supernaturally, like everything from the relationship and the feelings and the emotions from the relationship and just captivated my heart. And so you know, from there I did Holy Spirit course. I learned all about the Holy Spirit. I had no idea who the Holy Spirit was. I took this course on, um, a more <laughs> Holy Spirit. It's called a God I never knew. And after I took that, like, it was like an online like course. And, uh, I started speaking in tongues for the first time. I was like, what? This is freaking awesome. You know, I just wanted everything that God had for me. And so, and I've been such on a journey with God, um, ever since then, like, really ever since (laughs) the journey never stopped the relationship never stopped so now you know you guys know my story my testimony I'm in you know global celebration school and just uh, just really gaining so much you know um, knowledge and wisdom from God about my identity and who he says I am and the word and diving so deep in the word and also um, knowing that I'm in this beautiful marriage with Jesus, right? Um, I haven't had a suicidal thought in years. I can't even tell you. I haven't had depression in years. I haven't, you know, I, haven't, I got my I got my deals with anxiety, but I don't, I really don't think, I think anxiety is as a friend um, who's trying to tell you that you're believing a lie um, more so than a lot of people think about it. But yeah, like I just don't experience those things anymore because I'm so wrecked and transformed by who God is, what Jesus did for me and knowing more of him just changed my whole life. So I just want to encourage you, like whatever story, whatever past, whatever 
I don't even know, whatever lie you've been believing your whole life about who you are is not bigger than what Jesus did on the cross. It's not better than his blood. It's not better than anything the world has. Like, the world is not going to offer you anything better than what God can. (laughs) Like, come on. Like, he's amazing. And his love for you is what he wants to give you first. Like a lot of people freak out about what they have to give up to receive Jesus. I went through all that. I went through all of that, giving up my business, giving up relationships, giving up friendships. I went through all of that, but I shed off all the old to take on the new. Even when I became a new creation in Christ, even when I got baptized, it says we are dead to sin alive in Christ. We become alive. We become a new person. We don't have the same desires anymore. God gives us a new heart, a new mind. A new man is a new man. And I am a new woman. (laughs) And it's just awesome. So anything that you feel like, oh, you can't ever come back from, you can't overcome, those memories just keep coming up. You just tell those memories who you really are. (laughs) You just need to remind them, oh, you know what? I'm not that person anymore. That's my old life. My past has no power over me. Sin has no power over me. Death has no power over me. I belong to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Whoo! Yeshua. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. God. Lion of Judah. God, he is amazing. He will change your whole life, but you have to let him. You have to let the love of God transform you. And I am still letting the love of God transform me. It's a never-ending, beautiful romance that you get to participate in as a believer in Christ. And if you want, you know, this story, this like redemption, this, this, this breaking of lies and of past and of this new, you know, if you want that new creation, like a new life, a new heart, I just want you to pray with me right now. I just pray that, yeah, just pray with me and receive Jesus, receive the love of God. Oh my goodness. Ah, just repeat after me, Jesus, you are the only one I want in my life. Come into my heart come into my life. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you heal everything from my past right now, God. Yes, Jesus. I just repent of my sins. Forgive me of all that I did when I was away from you, Lord. I want to be close to you. I want to be yours. I want you to be mine, Lord. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Amen. Yeah, if you said that prayer, you're born again. You are born again. You know, definitely DM us at the Sisters of Christ because I want to hear about it. And for those who are already believers and listening to this, I just pray that your hearts just grow on fire for Jesus. Burn like you just got saved, burn again. So I just pray for Holy Spirit fire, refreshing of your soul, just this igniting of passion for who Jesus is and this sense of wonder of who he is and the love, just this, oh, just this just realization of the love he has for you and the realization of what he did for you and your identity and you're co-seated as daughters and sons of the most high king. That's why I pray over you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Wow, that was an incredible episode. It's extremely special to me because that is my personal testimony and my story. I would love it if you could just take two seconds and share this with someone in your life that really needs to hear it, especially someone that may have dealt with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. I'm also going to link some resources below for them. And yeah, I just want you to know how loved you are by Jesus. That you are so special to him. And I just pray you never doubt that. All right. Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode. Bye.